say thank you. seen any player in the entire country play as hard as I will play the rest of the season and you never see someone push the rest of the team as hard as I will push everybody the rest of the season. You never see a team play harder than we will the rest of the season. I knew we had a good chance to beat them when I heard Feinbaum picked them to win by about 25 points. Somebody told me. Turn by Chris Davis. Davis goes left. everybody welcome back to the perennial powerhouse podcast we have a a guest with us today so i'm here parker's here as always and then my Dang. kid brother zach durden is here as well protege 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 yeah so, so we're gonna uh we're gonna hop in we're just gonna talk about kind of my experience at the georgia game first um and i, I took notes actually because i wanted to remember you know kind of what it was what the game was like because i just knew <laughs> Well, I did. Did you take a little notepad at the game? Not at the game, right after. Right after I, like, typed them into my notes. Because I knew that it was going to be such a crazy experience that if I didn't write some stuff down, then I would probably forget something that I want to talk about. So let's just talk about the experience of getting into the game and all that stuff. So for those who didn't catch it on the last couple episodes, I got in with a student ticket. All right? So what I did was... My sister-in-law is a student at UGA. She said, there's this guy selling his student ID for the game for $200. Are you interested? So I bought this guy's student ID, went to the student gate, handed it to him. They didn't look at the picture at all. They just scanned it and let me in. Say. It was the people, easiest. Obviously, well, just to give some context here, I mean, this is a podcast, so people don't know what you look like, but you look like a 40-year-old man. So, <laughs> so That's not true. <laughs> a whole I will say I don't look like the guy whose student ID I used. Like, okay, trip, trip, trip. How old are you? I'm 26. You could easily pass for 34, 34, Bro. 35. No. Bro. <laughs> How old? I think, trip. You look like a grown ass man. I mean, you are a grown ass man, but I'm telling you. You look. You could pass. You could pass. Like it would be like, uh, really? Well, like, you'd be a young, I guess, but you could pass. I thought I was. Um, but either way, the the people at the gate did not do their job if their job is to make sure non students are not getting in. But I got in. I was sitting right next to the recruits in the student section. Like I could see Kendall Milton, Tate Ratledge, all those guys, right across the road from me. Um, and I got into the game an hour and a half before the game started. Cause I knew if I tried to get in there last second, it would be crazy. It would be chaotic and I may not get a good seat. So I went in, got a good seat right in the West end zone. Um, and this guy comes and sits next to me. All right. And it's an hour and a half. No, it's about at this point, it's about an hour till the game starts. He taps me on my shoulder and he leans over and goes, Hey, what's the score? Um, <laughs> what and he goes what's the score and i said it hasn't started yet and he goes oh they hadn't kicked off yet i was like no there's still an hour to the game and he's like oh cool cool 
I was like, this dude is so blitzed that he doesn't know what planet he's on. Dude ends up getting kicked out in the third quarter because he was like, <laughs> I guess he was cottonmouth from all the beer he had drank. And he was spitting, and he kept hitting this girl in front of us. So he <laughs> kicked out in the third quarter of the Jordan. He was spitting, game. and he was spitting on the girl in front of him. He was trying to spit on the ground in front of him, but he kept like spitting and hitting a girl in front of him. And she kept telling him to stop. And I even told him, I "Was like, hey, bro, chill. She like, just go get some." Water. They have free water in Athens in in Sanford Stadium. So you it's he. Free? In Sanford Stadium, they have water refill stations. Yeah, so they have, they have to in, offer free water. Yeah, so if you bring a bottle in, they right. let you refill it. So I was like, bro, just go get some water. And he wouldn't do it, and then he ended up getting kicked out. Some police came and took him off. So there was that. Um, the atmosphere was insane. I mean, I guess that, that goes without saying. Like, I watched the game again on YouTube the next day just to kind of watch it from the TV mm-hmm. perspective. And the crowd was so loud on TV, so you can only imagine how loud it was in person. And obviously the student section's up the whole game. They're going crazy. And the most interesting thing to me was Georgia goes into the half losing, and they are, you know, in a position at the end of the game where Notre Dame could score a touchdown and kick the extra point to win. But to me, it never felt like we were in a position of losing. Like it felt like UGA was in control the whole time. Um, yes, Notre Dame moved the ball on some passing, you know, using some underneath routes and they hit a couple seam routes. But for the most part, it just felt like UGA was the better team throughout the whole game. Even when UGA was losing, it just felt like, I don't know, man, I don't know how to explain. It. I've never felt like that in a game. Like usually I'm a nervous wreck in games when we're down or when it's close or whatever. Um, but it just felt it just felt like we were in control the whole game. And, you know, being in the student section was a cool experience. But at the same time, bro, student sections have the worst football IQ of all time. Like, Oh, yeah. It's pretty bad. They were, oh, they're there for the party. There's no doubt. Dude, it's just the party. That's they it. were saying stuff that I was like, I can't even believe you guys claim to watch football. It, is this cricket? Dude, I'm serious, bro. It was ridiculous. So other than that experience, being in the student section was cool. I did try to get a picture with Tate Ratledge, um, but some staffer was like, no, you can't take a picture with him. I didn't I don't know if that's a rule or not, like or if they just So they have they have the students sitting in this or they have the recruits sitting in the student section. This is what happened. All yeah, all the recruits were down on the field before the game, right? Like walking the yeah. sideline and stuff. And then right before the game, they all walk up and they have staffers leading them. So all the students know these are the recruits. So the students are like cheering for them, giving them high fives, all kinds of stuff like that. Like one guy said, uh, the recruits were walking up, up and I saw a video online where I can't remember what recruit it was. Um, I wish I, I usually would know, but I'm just going blank. Um, I saw a guy on Twitter, a recruit who posted a video where while he's walking up the stairs, uh, you hear a student yell, commit to the G. And the recruit goes, hey, bro, I'm already committed. <laughs> yeah, I saw that one. So it was like a cool atmosphere. <laughs> you could tell the recruits were loving it. They had their families there with them. Um, and, I mean, the atmosphere, you couldn't ask for a better game for recruits to come to, honestly, with the lights being done. I was about to say, that's like, when you look at Georgia's schedule, that's the biggest game of the year for recruits. Oh, yeah. Like, anyone that they wanted on campus was coming that week. Yeah. Um, so let's. I want to hear you guys' perception of the game from the uh from watching on tv but just my perception of the game was that even though georgia it was a close game and there were times when georgia was down or in bad spots 
Felt like we were in control the whole game. I felt like on the offense, obviously, Lawrence Cager played amazing. And, you know, all I saw about him when he transferred was he dropped everything at Miami. He didn't catch anything. He was terrible. He looks like a world beater in the Georgia offense. And it just shows you what the difference between having a QB throwing the ball on a dime and having one who's not does. And then on defense, J.R. Reed just, you know, just played out of his mind. And, you know, I will say that although we won, I was a little frustrated after the game because I just, I'm just tired of our offense as good as it is settling for field goals. That last fourth and one, I just felt like we should have went for it. Um, and I know that's not an unpopular oh, yeah. opinion. Like everybody's saying that. And it worked out. So who am I to question, you know, one of the better D1 coaches? But I'm just, man, I want to see Georgia make examples out of people. Like, I just I just felt like the play calls were not made in a way where we're, like, trying to finish the game. It felt like we were trying to, you know, be conservative and just get out of there with a win. And that was weird to me, given the atmosphere and given the feeling I had about the game. And I, I I don't know, maybe I just read the game wrong, but I just felt like, man, we should really be stepping on these guys' throats and we're just not doing it. Um, but overall, happy with the win. It was an amazing experience. You know, that's the biggest college football game I've ever been to, um, biggest football game I've ever been to. So it was a, it was a pretty good experience overall. So what was what were y'all's um, experience, Parker? I'll let you give I was going to say, I want to go first because I yeah. want to hear Zach's – I want to hear Zach rebuttal me for a second. Yeah. Okay. So – my, well, being a Florida fan, my first reaction was, and you guys can laugh all you want or say what you want to say, but um, after watching that, I was less worried about Georgia. Um, obviously, things change, but in my mind coming into the season, I was like, there's no way we're beating Georgia. There's no way. Georgia's too dominant, and we're not there yet. But, and, I, and you know, I don't, I still think there's an outside chance, but after watching that game, I feel like our chances of beating Georgia were like, oh, okay. I feel like they're beatable. I can see us beating them. Yeah, and I'm not establish saying establish a run game first, but correct, correct. Well, not not really. I mean, that what I was going to say about that and why I think Georgia's beatable. Obviously, the first thing I thought about the game was Notre Dame is better than we thought. And the second thing I thought about it is maybe Georgia's not as dominant as I thought. Do I think Georgia's the third best team in the country? 100. percent Um. Do I think Georgia's still a dominant football team? Absolutely. But I saw a lot of things that, for instance, um, when Ian Book Ian Book had a horrible game. He was throwing a lot of underneath routes, and then Brian Kelly kept calling underneath routes until like the end of the game. But I think that um, I think that team, you know, a team that's going to throw the ball a lot, I think, can will have success against Georgia. J.R. Reed was locked down. Don't get me wrong, um, but I still think that. Georgia at some points of the game looked like Swiss cheese in the, uh, in the secondary. So, um, and obviously, you know, their pass rush has been subpar the past two years uh, compared to the rest of their team. But I mean, what it's going to come down to is no team is going to be able to stop Georgia running the ball. And I think we saw that when, you know, Notre Dame, they were tackling amazing in the first half and then Georgia just kept running the ball, kept running the ball. And, you know, those Notre Dame defenders got tired and couldn't do shit. And DeAndre Swift was jumping over guys, juking out guys and running over guys. So, and running around guys. So, um, I think, I think, 
you know, I definitely think Georgia could have came in there and and, pro- and beat that team 35 to 10, something like that. The play calling was a little vanilla, but like I like you and me talked about, I think that's just Georgia's offense is vanilla and it wins them games. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But um, I think the fourth and one they should have gone for. But, you know, on TV, I think Georgia's who everyone thought they were in the fact that they run the ball. Jake Fromm, I mean, Jake Fromm, I don't know how he's so good. Like, this is a thing that blows my mind. Do I think Jake Fromm, you're, and Georgia fans get pissed when people call Jake Fromm the game manager. I think Jake Fromm is the ultimate game manager, and I'm not meaning that as a slander. I mean that as an absolute compliment. He is the ultimate game manager, and he does his job perfect. He doesn't need to do anything else except what he does because that's Georgia's offense. And I don't know how he does it, but he throws the hardest ball in college football absolutely perfect, and that's the back shoulder throw. I don't know how he does that, but he throws a back shoulder throw or a fade pretty much to perfection. Um, and then everything else is usually like a slant or an underneath or an out, um, which is fine. I mean, he it works. So, and obviously his completion percentage is like 70%. I don't know how many picks he has on the year, but I don't think he has any. <clears throat> so, uh, you know, just, just my perspective from game on TV, I think Georgia – you know, Georgia's a dominant football team. I think that, and I know you and me, you and me talked, I think probably the team that's going to give them the biggest fit is probably, um, it's hard because, you know, I was looking at Georgia's schedule and they really don't have to play anybody up until Florida. I mean, they have Kentucky, Kentucky, Carolina, and Tennessee, I think. Let me look, let me double check. Um, but, you know, they'll run through Tennessee. They'll run, I think Carolina, We'll give them, a, like, you know, not really anything. Kentucky, that, you know, nothing at all. Florida, and then they play Florida, Missouri, Auburn, A&M. Um, and I know we talked about briefly about I think Auburn will probably give them the biggest fit out of all those teams just because I think Auburn can actually stop, is the only team that's probably capable of stopping Georgia's run, uh, run offense. Uh, but then yeah. at the same time, you have Bo Nix on the other side who I don't think I don't. I think he's getting all the hype, and I don't think he's worth a sack of shit. So uh, knock on wood. I agree. Knock on wood. Like I think you know. I say that, and then watch him come into Gainesville and torch us. But that's just my perspective. So, um, I mean, obviously Georgia won. It's a huge game. It's a top ten game. So I'm not. You know, kudos to them. I think Georgia is gonna. I think you know. I think Georgia's gonna be in the college football playoff. I think they're gonna go and. I think they're going to go undefeated and then go into the SEC championship and play Alabama or LSU, and and uh, we'll see how that goes from there. But, um, yeah, I don't know. What's your take, right. Zach? Let's get so, Zach's take. So my thing with the game, um, I mean, you guys have some extremely like, – like you said, you got, you got some extremely valid points, Parker. There's no doubt. Um, we definitely – I think Georgia showed up and um, – kind of thought what a lot of people in the country thought, which is, you know, Notre Dame really doesn't deserve to be here. Um, don't ex- And I'm speaking as far as their uh, rank. Um, and that's what I thought too, but Georgia has a history of showing up to games and not showing up to games, if that makes sense. So they have a yeah. they have history of just showing up and not even playing ball. Um, and I'm not saying that's what happened. Um, but in the first half, I could definitely see that, um, we were kind of playing timid. 
we came out and I think the first drive we ran the ball on first down and then threw it twice. And I was like, you know, let's, let's pound the ball because they've shown that their run defense is pretty weak. So let's, let's expose that. But uh, looking at Notre Dame stats, they got torched in the run on like one game. So I think it kind of screwed their stats for the year as far as that goes, but um, I'm not sure on other game, so you can't quote me on that, but um, I don't know. I just, I feel like uh, they showed up ready to play. Um, and you know how college football is. It doesn't matter. Uh, any Saturday, a team could look, you know, completely different than they looked the week before. Um, that's just the way it is. But one thing that I talked to Trip about, and I haven't got a chance to talk to you about it, good teams figure out ways to win games that they probably shouldn't. Um, I think the, 100%. the fact that Georgia pulled through, that's just in – in a game that we really didn't play all that well, besides a select few people, in my opinion, uh, we we beat a top 10 team in the uh, country. And I think Notre Dame playing how Notre Dame played Saturday beats lots of teams. Uh, they they played a, a pretty good game. I mean, uh, I think, what was the spread on that? What's the... It was four, 14 and a half, I think. I mean, yeah. Notre Dame, was. you guys were a huge favorite. Yeah, right. everybody uh, was saying we were gonna. Yeah, and I think, and one thing, you know, their touchdown in the first half came starting inside the twenty-five, right off that muff punt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yep. there's, I mean, that's a big momentum swing. That's a big like. Those are things that, you know, we can, I can nickel and dime it and stuff like that all day. But uh, as far as my opinion on the game, I think, um, like I said, good teams figure out ways to. To win, figured out a way. So, well, I have a question. I have a question for both of y'all, and I agree with I agree with a lot of things you said. And I have a question for both of y'all that is kind of what we haven't talked about. And is that, and you know, you know, do I think he's still, a, you know, a top tier coach in the in the in the country? Absolutely. But going away from his game, do you have? Do you, do you have concerns about Kirby Smart? I mean, obviously, we all know that Kirby Smart's strength is not play calling. It's recruiting. Um, and me and Tripp talked about he's a defensive guy. He's always been a defensive guy. And it seems like sometimes um, he, I don't know, you just kind of like, you're just like, like, you know, for most of the game, you're like, okay, Kirby, okay. And then sometimes you're just like, what? The, like, just out of nowhere, you're like, what the fuck? Why would you do that? Right. Like, is there like, you know, and we won't go through the examples and all that stuff, but like, do you have, I know Tripp said, Tripp talked about, you know. Are you trying to tell me that the fake punt with Justin Fields last year <laughs> wasn't a good decision? <laughs> no. I, mean, I definitely know what you're getting at. And I like, I but like, but like what I, I'm not, I'm not roasting Kirby, but I'm asking like, no. like as a fan, like on it, because like the same thing will go through my, my mind. Yeah. I'm biased as shit. I love Dan Mullen. But if Dan Mullen didn't go, and I will say this, and it's kind of blown my fucking mind. Dan's had some big balls this year. And for no, like, he'll just go for it on fourth and one, like, almost every single time. Um, but for me, like, if Dan doesn't, like, if it was the roles were reversed, and even if we won the game, I'd still be like, why the fuck didn't he go for that? Like, fourth well, here's and here's what I think. This, this is my, I've thought about this a lot, obviously. I think that. Kirby not going for it on fourth and one and, you know, James Coley not pulling the trigger and going for it on fourth and one and Georgia 
for whatever reason, deciding to kick that field goal. Um, I think it has to do more with – I think there's potential that Kirby is is playing conservative out of the fear or out of the situation that happened when he went for it on that 4th and 11. That's, fake what, punt. I, that, that's now, what I – Oh, do I think those are two different things, going for it on 4th and 1 to win the game and going for it on faking a punt on 4th and 11 when you're ahead? Yes, I think those are different things. But – I think that that's some of it. And I think also that Kirby is, uh, I think Kirby's shown himself to be a coach who coaches as the game comes to him. And he's not one that's like, he doesn't seem to be one that's like, we got to go out there and we've got to, you know, be balls to the wall, you know, a hundred percent from the time we go, you know, we don't got to score every drive. We don't have to get a touchdown every drive because he is a defensive guy and he does trust his defense. Um, more than anything, I think that's what that field goal shows is that he trusts the defense. Um, yeah, but if he trusts his defense, then why not go? For, like my thing is, is like, like I get he trusts his I defense. Mean, you could argue both sides. That's what I'm saying. Like to me, to me, if he trusts his defense, you go for it. And also in the fact that like you have Jake Fromm, who is you know, I don't know, like never turns the ball over, is as smart as a quarterback gets. You have DeAndre Swift, who's the most arguably the most electric back in college football and your average offensive lineman size is like six foot five, 320 pounds. Like, and one yard to me is like, you know, and it's just not even like, and to be honest, it's, it, I'm not even talking about completely the fourth and one. I'm just talking about, um, I'm just talking about just the whole game, the, just the whole game. Like I felt like I felt, and, and obviously you won. So it's like, it's, I'm just saying I'm not criticizing. I'm just asking, like, it's very vanilla. And I know you and me talked about he doesn't want to show some of the playbook and all that stuff like that. But, like, to me, you're playing a top 10 top ten team. Like, you're probably – he's probably playing the biggest biggest game of the year for yeah. him. You know, uh, you, you could argue that uh, in the regular season. I mean, uh, you could – Auburn and, and Florida would rival that. But, like, to me, when you're playing a top 10 team – and it's a close game. I mean, he maybe was conservative up front, but you don't hide anything in the playbook. Like, so I just, to me, you know, that's why I'm concerned about a team like Georgia playing a team like Auburn. Like, to me, Auburn is going to shut down. Like, to me, Auburn has the best chance of shutting down Georgia's run. And um, what is Cooley and, and what is Cooley and Smart going to do when that happens? Because I don't think they're going to let – from throw it 40 times. Well, I agree. And, and that's something I was talking about with some guys um, here recently is I kind of, because in the first half of that game, you could definitely see how we were struggling um, to run. I mean, there was no doubt about it. We were, we were struggling. Um, yeah. And, and like I said, we can talk about injuries, whatever, doesn't matter. We still have some giant alignment. Um, so, there's not really any reason we shouldn't move the ball on the ground. But, I mean, literally, I think our first run of the game, we we hit them for three yards. So, I mean, I mean, we've all played football. We know that coaches are always like, you know, three, four yards of carry, and you're good. That's a first down. Yeah. And it's like, as much as I agree with that, I kind of want them, because Fromm is, he can throw the ball. Dude can, like you're saying, he's – incredibly accurate he throws really 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 hard balls really well um he makes it look like it's just 
you know, easy. Like it doesn't even, it's not even a problem. So I kind of wish they would allow him sometimes just to. But like, that's what, and that's what I wanted to ask both of you guys about, like, and, and just kind of get both of y'all's take on this is that like, like, I know people are saying let Fromm loose, but like answer this honestly, if Fromm throws the ball, let's say from, let's say the, the game belongs in Fromm's hand, right? And you're having him throw the ball. 30 to 40 times a game because some team for some reason stops to run. Do you really think the way, you know, it doesn't even have to be specifically how Fromm plays. It, it, and You know, you can factor in how Georgia's offense is ran, how Fromm plays, all of the above. Do you really think that, that, that Fromm could go out there and throw 40 times a game and win you all a football game against a top 10 team, top 25? I mean, however you want to do it. Like to me, I just, <clears throat> I think Fromm has, and 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 that's what makes him so great is is that Fromm literally has no pressure. Um, you know, a quarterback's best friend is a great O line and a great running back, and he's got both of those things, and he's had both of those things his whole career. So you know, I mean, is it- here's the thing. So so yes, on one hand, Zach is right. Like injuries aside, we've got good O linemen and good backs, but our best offensive lineman did not play in the first half for one. Isaiah Wilson didn't play in the first half. So there's that factor. Um, but you had another five-star in for I understand. I understand. But nobody would look at that game and say Georgia didn't run the ball well. Like, Georgia still ran the ball well. The second, yeah, it would have been one thing if the offensive line played like shit and you had injuries, but they did. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, Parker, is that that's my point. The team still ran the ball well. And on top of that, I think the fourth and one in particular – if Kirby punts the ball right there, like if the option is fourth and one or punt the ball, I think there's no excuse to have punted the ball in that situation. With it being a field goal, I can understand the argument and I can understand the reasoning behind it. <clears throat> me personally, I think that you should go for it right there. Me See, to me, to me, it's flip. To me, if you're if you're in a if he's in a situation where he's punting the ball, he's he's on the 50 yard line, essentially, because Blankenship can hit a fit, you know, Blankenship can hit a 50 yard field goal like money, right? So if he's punting the ball, if he's in a point where he's fourth and one and he's backed up on, you know, their own 40, absolutely punt the ball. And that's where trust your defense, punt the ball. They're not going to go down the field and score. To me, if you're in a field goal, if you're in field goal position, I mean, what was he on his own 30, 35? Like to me, it's uh, to me, I would rather have him go for it in field goal position because they have to drive 70 yards rather than have them, you know, go for it when we have to punt. Let's say we don't get it and they only have to drive 40 to 30 yards. You know what I'm like? Maybe we can argue about this all day. Yeah, that's the other thing is that Rodrigo's not missing that field goal. Like, that's the other thing. We have one of the best kickers in the nation. Correct. I trust me. That's what I'm not. not I'm not. Rodrigo is excellent. Don't get me wrong. And, and I'm not even saying it's the right call. I'm. I agree. It was the wrong call. What I'm saying is, I understand the argument. In my mind, in my mind, as a as a person who's a Florida fan watching that game, in my head, I was thinking, Oh my God, I hope Kirby doesn't go for it here because if Kirby's gonna like, like in my mind, that's a 99.99999 percent chance that he's gonna get that first down, and if he goes for it, game over. 
If he gets it and goes for it, it's game over. You don't have to worry about Notre Dame driving down the field. You don't have to have a heart attack. He gets it, he runs out the clock, or he scores a touchdown, it's game over. I completely agree. But when we are discussing a coach whose personality and tendency is to be conservative, like, I understand the argument. Like, there was a, uh, you know, when I was a kid, I remember watching an AFC championship where the Steelers are on the one-yard line and everybody's saying, run the ball in, and Jerome Bettis fumbles it, and the Colts almost win the game because of it. Mm -hmm. Like, things like that do happen. So I understand the argument. Take the yeah. Get to make it where they have to score two touchdowns well, and that sort of thing. And I this is what the argument is all I'm saying. I still think that the right call would be to go for it on fourth, but I and I think and I, 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 I agree with you. And you can argue both sides. And I could argue, I mean, honestly, I think going for the field goal is smart. Like you can argue both sides, but like the thing, and and you know, this is the last thing we can say about George before we move on. But this is another thing that we talk about, and this is what I think is is. Like when I always argue against Kirby, like you and me always like to fuck around and, and talk about and, and argue who's a better coach, Dan Mullen or Kirby Smart. And we talk about how, you know, X's and O's might be Dan and recruiting is obviously Kirby, whatever we would want to say. And you always say, well, you know, Dan's been a coach for this head coach for this many years and Kirby's been a head coach for this many years. I honestly and and I think and and it's normal and it's going to happen i still think that kirby is trying to figure out who he is as a head coach sure and i think and and the fact that you know it's his it's his third or fourth i don't know what it is it's his third year fourth year yeah. but you know i still think that you know he thought he was somebody and then you know obviously it's worked for him it hasn't worked for him you know the fake punt stuff like that here's all the backlash and i think when he in the back of his mind you know, all that stuff resonates and he, you know, and so I think, I think, I think, I don't know if like insecure is the right way. I just think like he just has to figure out who he is as the head coach. And I still think he's trying to figure that out, which is not, I mean, obviously he's only been doing it for three or four years, three years or four years. So like, that's cool. But I think like he can only have that excuse for another year or two. But in my mind, like he just has to say, fuck it and do it. Like, you know, it's going to win you games. It's going to lose you games, but you have to find your identity as a head coach and you have to roll with it. And yeah. I still think he's kind of like, Oh my God, like, I don't know what to do. Like he kind of like in some situations to me, it feels like he's like a deer in headlights. Like, you know, what do I do? What do I do? Like, you know, so that's where I think he's got to kind of figure out who he is and like his, and his tendencies and his traits and just like, say, fuck the people on Twitter. Let me just go for it. And if it, you know, it's going to win me games, it's going to lose me games, but I just need to figure out who I am. But here's the you know? thing, Parker, is isn't that like maybe what he did by making that call? Like, you said, well, like <clears throat> yeah, no, no, no. I, that's what I'm saying. But like, my thing is, is I don't think he makes that call last year. And that's what I'm saying is, is that like, like, I think Georgia fans are upset about that call because based off of his performances in the past years, he would have gone for that. So if this is him finding out who he is, then fine. That's cool. You know, let's say he continues to do this and he continues to be more conservative because I honestly don't think – like if, like if you would have told me – if you would have asked me to – does Jake Fromm play conservative? Yes, but as far as Kirby's play, like coaching style, I wouldn't consider him conservative. But like, if he starts to call call games like he called versus Notre Dame against big time opponents, 
I would consider, I would, you know, a fourth and one and kick a field goal, you know, fans are going to get pissed about it because that's Kirby and that's going to win y'all. That's going to win y'all games and it's going to lose y'all games. But at least, you know, like, hey, he's not going to go for this year because that's who he is. Yeah. Like, well, I think that's why people were pissed. Yeah. And I get that. But, you know, I, I think that, you know, I agree. I want, I want them to, you know, open from up and let him throw the ball. Um, I want them to, you know, take advantage of some of the athletes we have on the perimeter. But at the same time, I think if you look at the game, it seems like Georgia's game plan was conservative on both sides of the ball. You know, we were giving up the underneath routes and coming up and making the play. Um, and, you yeah. know, as, you know, there were there was a serious injury on the um, defensive side of the ball um, where we didn't have <clears throat> we didn't have our uh, starting cornerback. Um, because of an injury and i think that you know that's that's like a bigger deal than a lot of people give it you know like when you're talking about uh secondary and you're talking about playing against one of the top 10 teams in the nation it's a big deal to not have tyson campbell playing db um so i think that's part of why you know the the swiss cheese idea of the secondary but the way we would play Notre Dame is not the same way we're going to play a team like Auburn or a team like Alabama. Like teams have different identities and you play them different based on that. And I'm going to add something to that is I'm way more, way more concerned with the guys up front than I am our secondary. Um, and the reason I say yeah. that is, man, I'm so tired of the way tackling is now in football it's like throw your body into them well that's something that Notre Dame did extremely well in the first half and that's what was they tackled extremely well but I don't mean to interrupt you but that was like that's some of the best tackling I've ever seen in football in the past five years it was Notre Dame's in the first half yeah right um but one thing I've noticed um with Georgia's DBs is it's not necessarily that we are going to stop the you know pass from happening we're not all the time are we going to break it up, whatever, but there are, I mean, just watch film, whatever, and as soon as they catch it, we hit them and stop them where they're at. And I think, like me and Tripp were talking, stats off of LSU, Alabama, all these teams that are putting up crazy pass yards, they're not hitting them. They're not hitting them way down the field. They're hitting them on a slant, and they're just breaking tackles. And oh, yeah. really going 60 yards on a play. And it makes all these quarterbacks like Burrow and Tua look like, you know, gods. But it's not like they're they're not burning them 50 yards down the field. It's not like. Well, I mean, you look at Alabama, fucking Tua. <laughs> Tua throws yeah. a screen route and gets 70 yards because yeah. Jared Judy jukes out everyone on their fucking pants. Right. So, And, that, and that's one thing. I don't think there's going to be, like, there's very few teams that are hitting – 50 yard bombs like that that are and yeah they're not in the sec and if they are right. lsu right um, out of nowhere and that's my thing is is with our dbs i'm not near as concerned like and let I, me this, let me ask this question though do you think i and personally i think this this is the first time in the kirby smart era that i think y'all's offense is better than your defense hmm um I don't know. I don't know. It's hard I mean, to it's say. Hard to th- I it's mean, hard to say because because you got to think, man. To me, to me, Georgia's like, still knocking the rust off. That's one thing that we. Oh, oh, from, because, no doubt. Like, I mean, you're a young team, and I'm not like, and I'm not saying like. No, trust I'm not me. talking about young team. I'm talking about 
uh, good opponents like this year. You have yeah, not yeah, seen Murray State. Like you're yeah, like you've not seen no like I and and maybe we have maybe I'm wrong. I doubt you're it. not going to play. You're not going to. But where we're going to see the, the first good opponent you're going to have. I'm, and it's not even a good opponent, but right. it's it's going to be it's going to be Kentucky and the fact that Kentucky has a combination of some of the best O line, one of the best O lines in the SEC, and one of the best defensive lines. But like my thing is, is this: Do I think Georgia still has a great defense? Absolutely. I'm th- when I'm saying Georgia has a better offense than defense, so it's more it's more a compliment to the offense. But I'm saying. I really believe that Georgia has, like, as far as, like, like, you know, your offensive line is is probably, if not, I mean, it's easily top three in the SEC. So that obviously means it's probably, you know, without a doubt, top ten in the country, arguably top five. Then you have Jake Fromm as your quarterback who, you know, Heisman contender. Then you have, you know, I don't think he's a Heisman contender, but I'm saying he's, you know, He's going to, if he goes and enters the draft this year, someone's going to take him in the first round. Then you have DeAndre Swift, who's a first rounder. Um, then you have, you know, your receivers, I think, are the weakest spot of your, of your offense, but that's because everything else is strong. And I think that you guys have some figuring out to do on receiver, but you have some studs. But on defense, I question, I question the defensive line. Um, I question, you know, I don't, I don't know too much about the middle line, you know, linebackers or anything like that. I think you'll have a pretty good core there. Uh, but then the DBs, I think, I think the DB, you know, you have to get healthy. But and Jr. Reed's a stud. But to me, I, like I'm not impressed with the um, what's his name? Is his name Stokes? Yeah. Yeah. Is he, I'm not impressed with him. He's a receiver converted DB. Um, yeah, he's a he's a. Uh, but like to me, oh man, he he's. I mean, he's still learning. He. Um, that's what I'm. I mean, like, and I'm not saying one of those guys that he'll have some extremely explosive plays, and then sometimes you're like, man, you he's an athlete, play. and that's what I'm saying. That's what happens when you take a wide receiver, and like, I'm not saying that they're shit players, and I'm not saying that the defense isn't good. I'm just saying that this is the first time in the Kirby Smart era where the defense is, where the offense is better, is better than the defense, and I think that that if you're a coach, you have to say to yourself. All right, let's unleash it a little bit because I still have a good defense and I'm a defensive mastermind. But at this point, my offense is going to win me games, not my defense. I mean, I hate that this podcast is turning into just talking about UGA, I <laughs> but I just, I just don't know if I agree with that. Like, you don't like, agree? You don't think? You don't think that? Like, like, go into it. You go into more detail. Yeah, I'm going. But I'm asking. But I'm asking. But I'm asking yes or no question right now. Is your offense better than your defense? He's, no, I don't think so. Fuming, listen, listen. Our offensive line <laughs> is maybe the best in the country. Our running backs are the best running back unit in the country. That's like not a question. Okay, so but, if your offensive hold on, line no, 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 Parker, shut up and listen, bro. Shut up and listen. <laughs> but our receivers are all young, minus Tyler Simmons. Jake Fromm yes. is a quarterback. Hold on, Jake Fromm is a quarterback who I agree is a game manager, maybe the best game manager that. I've seen in college football, but still a game manager. Now, now on defense, we have Tyson Campbell, who's injured right now, but hopefully he'll be back. We have, you mentioned Eric Stokes, who's converting from wide receiver. Devon Wilson looked like a monster on against Notre Dame. 
We only gave up 17 points. They scored 10 in the first half and seven yes. in the second half. They're a top 10 team in the nation. Like, what what are we basing this me, on that the defense is so much worse than the offense? No, no, no. See, that's where I think you're you're like you're confusing me with. Okay, let me ask, let me ask Zach. And be 100 percent honest before I go into this. Zach, what's better? You're and and you don't have to to me. Well, let me just ask Zach first. Zach, what's better, your offense or your defense? Just based off personnel. Let's go based off purely Trip, well, just you, based off purely personnel, oh, sure. Yeah. Correct. That's my point. That is my point. That's, that's my a, point. But that's different than you but, did say based on your personnel. Okay, and that's why I want to re. That's why I want to change the question. Based Honestly, off if you ask me why, on Saturday who played better, I'd say the defense, defense played better. I correct, but this is why, and this is what I'm getting into with Kirby Smart. You guys, as far as offensive personnel, have a. T- you, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable, um, and and I think that you're going. I think that you're swaying towards, and you're thinking, and you're you're mistaking with me when I'm saying defense that you have a shit defense. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying your offense is so fucking good that that it's better than your it's better than your defense. But my thing is is this is, and this is the point I'm getting into. Kirby is a defensive minded coach, and that is great, and I get that, and that and his defense is strong because of that. However. What I'm saying is, is if 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 he used the offense to the potential that it has with the personnel that it has, you're winning the fucking national championship. Why, if he's not, if I'm saying, good coaches, good coaches, make adjustments every year to the personnel they have, and that's why I'm saying, I think Kirby should let it fucking loose. You have a junior quarterback who's arguably one of the better better quarterbacks in the country. Regardless if he's a game manager or not, prove people wrong. I think Jake Fromm, if you let him loose, could do some shit. Is he going to turn the ball over more? Absolutely. But does he have the arm to make noise? Absolutely. You have the most explosive running back, not only in the running game, but in the passing game. You have one of the best You have one of the best offensive line. And yes, your receiver core is young, but George Pickens is a fucking monster. And, and, and the fucking guy from Miami uh, looked like a damn, I mean, I don't, I mean he looked like uh, Megatron. So when when they threw the ball, my thing is, is if Kirby and Kirby has to make adjustments to the personnel he has, and I think if he let him loose, and your defense is still gonna, his defense is still gonna be amazing. Kirby is a great defense. Like Kirby, like if you take Kirby and you put him on any team as a defensive coordinator, he's the best defensive coordinator in the nation. So automatically, his defense is gonna be good. But the personnel he has on offense is is too good not to let loose. And if he's gonna go conservative, he's not gonna win a national championship this year. He's going to have to let him go loose, and if he lets him go loose, it'll look like LSU, but he won't let Vanderbilt score 38 points, and it'll be fucking 68-7. to seven. That's what I'm saying. What? Say that again? I'm saying if he lets him loose, he'll look like LSU, and but the defense won't let Vanderbilt score 38 yeah. and 13. He's saying we'll okay. score as much yeah. as LSU, but My Vanderbilt won't. My headphone fell out, and I thought you said something. But, like, uh, I, like and I'm not – that's what I'm saying. I'm not roasting Georgia as a as a Florida fan. It makes me so happy to see Kirby call the offense like this. I'm saying that y'all's offense is so much better than your defense, and the fact that y'all's offense could be the best offensive in the offense in the country. And I think Kirby has in his mind all, Georgia fans want me to run the damn ball, and I and I'm a defensive minded coach, so I play, I pray, I play that type of football. I pound the rock, and that's cool, and that's going to win you plenty of games, and that's probably going to get you to the playoffs. But, but Parker, just just if you just had to guess, how many times do you think Jake Fromm threw the ball on Saturday? 
If I had to guess, 29 times. He threw it 26. So you're wow. saying, yeah. like, earlier you said, do you think Jake Fromm can throw the ball 30 times a game and y'all win a game? Correct. But I'm saying – but this is the problem with that. He threw the ball 26 times, but how conservative did that game look on TV? Or how conservative did that game look like – he threw the ball 26 times, but to me, like, even if he threw the ball 26 times, they're conservative throws. And and, and some of them aren't. Like, the back shoulder to what's his – I mean, some I mean, of them aren't. I mean, he threw two aren't. to George Pickens that weren't conservative throws that – But they were incomplete. George Pickens didn't have a catch they on were, They were, in my opinion, pass interference calls. Oh, no. One of them definitely was. Um, so – so, I mean, I think, like, I agree. Like, Georgia's offense could, can and should put up more numbers than it is. They should let Fromm go. But I also think that, like, I do think that there's something to be said about a conservative, like, style and the strengths it has. Like, we're in a modern age of football where we think everybody's got to be scoring 40 points a game. Everybody's got to be throwing the ball every every other down. And if you run, it better be from shotgun and you better have an RPO in place. Like, I just I don't think it has to be and, done that way. And one yeah, thing but, I do also want to say is we don't know that when that truly does need to come out. That it's I not agree with that. I agree with that. The reason I say that is because you remember the game against Oklahoma. Everybody thought that game was over. Every yeah, single but, person. I thought that game was over. Agreed. And, well, and that's and like like Zach said, like I agree. And, and to and Oklahoma, they did run the ball. Sonny Michelle won them the game on a run. Bro, but, Sonny Michelle ran the ball eleven <laughs> times for 180 yards. The man's a beast, but he's on my fantasy <laughs> team. I had to I had to trade him away. The man hasn't done shit for me. But what I'm saying is is I I <laughs> I agree with you guys. I like I agree with you guys. I'm saying I'm saying in my opinion, I think this would take Georgia to the next level. Trip. The reason that people are going this type of offense because it works. Georgia when Georgia plays a team that's gonna like, this is the difference between Georgia in the playoffs and Georgia this year. Georgia in the playoffs had Davin Bellamy. Georgia in the playoffs had, um, uh, gosh, I can't think of his freaking name, the New York Giants cornerback. What's his name? They draft. Who was the cornerback? That oh, played for- Baker. DeAndre De- Baker. DeAndre yeah. Baker. Thank you. Georgia had, oh, and. And not to mention the fucking the great best linebacker I've seen in college football in the past five years. I mean, Georgia Georgia had a defense in the playoffs to where they could call offensive conservatively. They do not have that defense in place this year, from what I've seen so far, that's going to win them football games to where they can run a conservative offense. That's the difference. Their defense is still good. Their defense is still not going to let teams put up fucking 40. But I'm saying – when you get into the playoffs, it's going to come back to bite them. The conservative football, the conservative football on offense is not going to hold up because their defense is not going to be able to hold people like they did with Davin Bellamy, DeAndre Baker, Roquan Smith, and, and you know, who, who else? I mean, I can go through thousands of people who are not – I mean, the whole damn starting 11 is on an NFL roster right now. So yeah. that's what I'm – that's where I'm getting at is – you got to the playoffs that year on running the ball with Nick Chubb and your defense stopping everybody. You don't have that defense this year, but you have a better – I believe even without Nick Chubb, you have a more explosive – and Sonny Michelle, you have a more explosive offense this year with a junior Jake Fromm, a, a, a better offensive line, 
and you have the like essentially like the damn Christian McCaffrey of of college football backs. Yeah. That's what I'm getting at. But let's move yeah. on to Georgia. No, I get you. I get you. Like, hey, do you not agree with me? No, I agree with you, and I definitely agree with you in some ways. I just think that – I don't know, man. I think we'll just have to see. You're, you're always just – like, you love conservative football, though. That's your problem. It's not even that I love – I don't love conservative football, honestly. I love I love watching a good run team. Like, there, I don't. to me, a long, deep pass is never as exciting as a guy who breaks off a big run. Like, that's just my opinion. But I'm a Georgia fan, so run the damn ball is, like, our thing. So, but in terms – like, if I was a head coach at a, at the high school level, I'd probably take the route of never punting it and always oh, – yeah. <laughs> I'm that type of guy. So, it's not even that. I just I just believe in what Kirby's doing because it's worked so far. Like, has he lost big games? Yeah, but what coach hasn't? Like, that's just part of it. Honestly, right, so, before this podcast started, I knew we were going to talk an hour about Georgia football. I know. So let's wrap up. Let's not go too much longer. We need to get off of yep. here anyways. Let's yes. just talk about the 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 big SEC matchup to me this week. And if I'm missing one, tell me. But to me, the biggest one that I'm seeing is Auburn-Mississippi State. Yeah, and that's not even too is, big, but yes. So do you – but do you think there's any chance Auburn loses this game? Yes. I know that's going to blow people's minds. Um Auburn is a good football team. I think they proved that against Texas A&M last year. And I think really what more pro- more proved it was Auburn's defense is elite. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I, I mean, I, if I had, if you told me to bet money, I would take Auburn. But I just yeah. think that Mississippi State can give them give them some challenges. Yeah, um, I think Mississippi State has a better run game than Texas A&M, obviously. Um, and I think Mississippi State has a better defense than Texas A&M. So yeah, I think matchup-wise, Mississippi State is a better better match is a worse matchup, I guess, for Auburn than it would be. I, I mean, worse in the fact that I think they'll give them more challenges than Texas A&M did. Um, so Auburn's a ten-point favorite. I think that's about right. Yeah, I'd probably pick. I'd probably pick Auburn. I don't think Auburn's going to come out here and put up some big numbers. If Auburn wins games this year, if Auburn wins 10 or 11 games, 12, wh- whatever they do, they're going to win it on their defense. Bo yeah, Nixes, I agree. You know, I agree. That's all. So, something the other day talking about he's been as electric as Cam Newton, and I just started <laughs> cracking up. I was like, this is Zach. Bro. Up. People that's are just, pissing me off. People, that's people just Auburn propaganda, bro. There's always this. <laughs> I'm Trip, serious. Please go. No, no, no. I'm laughing. I know because I hate Auburn, but this is the trips. exact reason. This is the exact reason I hate Auburn. Auburn can look like they're barely winning games. Have they beat good teams? Oregon's a good team. Texas A&M's a good team. But maybe we were too high on Texas A&M. Like, is that a possibility? Like, it maybe that's maybe that's a possibility. We were too high on Texas A&M. Auburn has has had flashes of greatness under Gus Miles on and garbage dumpster fire lows. And I'm so tired of them having a couple good games of people ready to bet the house on Auburn and, and talk about how good they Whoa. are. Their defense is great. hundred percent is great. Their offense is not that good. All it's going to take is for somebody who can stop them too. And what happens? Like, I'm just not, I, I just, I can't stand the way that people are that's, about Auburn. That's- that's like so. Auburn is 116th in the nation in passing yards, but they're 16th in rushing yards. Like to me, and I've seen a lot of hype around Bo Nix. ESPN does things about him. That's because his dad played college football for Auburn. It's a I'm good not, story. It's, it's a good. Co- story. It's a good story. But the kid is the kid. The kid's far away from being a stud right now. Yeah. So it just pisses me off. But 
Yeah. So you I mean, give me give me a prediction on that one. Do you want a hot take prediction or do you just want my actual? I just want your actual prediction. All right. I'm going to go Auburn. I'm going to go Auburn. Auburn 21 to 10. Zach, you got a prediction? Um, Yeah. I'm going to say Auburn. 28, I don't know, something kind of weird. Um, 13. I was about to say 9. 28, 13. Yeah, I think it'll be low score, and I don't think I don't think either team will will cross 30 points. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I'm wrong, but I just don't see it. So I'm, I'm going to say Auburn 24, Mississippi State 17. Let me just say this, too. If college game day doesn't come to Gainesville next week, they can fuck right off. Because yeah, they ought to. <laughs> because Alabama, Alabama, I'm sorry, screw me. Auburn and, and, and Florida, the top ten matchup in Gainesville, and they have well, many if games. Auburn gets upset, if Auburn gets upset, then they won't come. If but Auburn if Auburn wins, they should that. they should go to Gainesville. Yeah, yes, correct. And if they don't, I mean that's just game day does that bullshit, bro. Yeah, they but will. I'm just pissed. They will. All anyway. right, man. Well, let's wrap it up here. We're, we're on, running. On, oh, on. goodness. I got to add something because y'all always do studs and scrubs. I was about to say, let me hear it. Man. As far as studs, I, I got to give it to JR, man. JR is the real deal. He uh, had two big time breakups and that one interception that was just outrageous. Uh, scrubs, man. I got two. Um, one is the the scrubbiest, but uh, the first scrub is going to be um, Vandy's quarterback Neil. Oh yeah, this dude is absolute garbage. I don't care what his stats look like. <laughs> yeah. Literally, I was watching the game against LSU and literal trash, literal right. trash. But the the scrubbiest. LSU's defense. Yeah. LSU's defense is absolutely horrible. I cannot even I cannot believe people are talking about LSU like they're talking about LSU being able to beat Alabama and I really don't see it. I just don't. I they are not going to be able to go to Alabama and score points like they are against yeah. these other teams. I, like and Vandy put up 40 points on them. What do you think Alabama's going to do to them? Oh, yes. I agree. He put up 40 points on them. My uh, my my stud of the week is uh is Lawrence Cager. Yep. Yes, sir. Look at uh, Arthur giving a Georgia player his stud of the week. I mean, look, he earned it, bro. Yeah. I mean, I try to be non-by. No, I mean, people gave him a lot of shit at Miami. I I even saw a lot of people on Twitter like, where did the hell did this come from? Like. You know, but no, Lawrence Cager played big time, made some some massive plays, and then, you know, one touchdown, five receptions, eighty-two yards. But you know, if you watch yeah. the game, his impact—I mean, his impact doesn't show on paper, yeah. and even his even his impact on paper is enough. Uh, and then, the scrub of the game—I'm sorry, the scrub of the week for me—is Notre Dame's team as a whole because I have a stat for you that's going to blow your mind. Notre Dame. And their past, 
what is it, 19 matchups against top 10 opponents are 1-18. and 18. So Pretty rough. Rough. They've won one game out of the last 19 against top 10 opponents, and this is a team that that is, you know, consistently talked about as, you know, oh, they're going to be in the playoffs, yada, yada, yada. Notre, Notre Dame is the most overrated college football program of all time just because Rudy was on your fucking football team and you have a movie about you <laughs> is people want to suck some cock. And let me tell you, touchdown, Jesus, I love Jesus. But Notre Dame, get over yourself. That's all I'm going to say. All right, so I'll do mine really quick. My stud of the week um, I'm going to go outside of the SEC for this one. Um, Wisconsin, man. Wisconsin, Wisconsin is one of the most dependable and consistent football programs in the nation. I, I mean, it's really impressive the way that they stay near the top and they stay productive when they're not a big-time school that, you know, is get is always in the media and getting tons of recruits. And, you know, they're, it's not like they're – their coach is, you know, hailed as like one of the great minds of the game or anything, but they're always just relevant and they're always just chipping away and getting big wins here and there. Um, and they, they are, they helped show us even more so what Harbaugh and Michigan are. And that's a percent um, champions. Yeah. Th- th- so that's my stud of the week. My scrub of the week is, Oh man. Jim Harbaugh. Brian <laughs> Kelly, Brian Kelly. Yep. Brian, let me give you some advice, bro. Just admit those players were faking injuries. It's okay. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. It <laughs> Notre Dame ain't the only team that's done that. A lot of other people have done it, man. You don't got to pretend like you didn't. If you watch the film on the first one, the guy goes down. But if you look, there's like two or three other players who are about to get down when they realize somebody else has already got down. And they're all looking at the sideline. The second one, the guy barely touches Jake Fromm's shoulder and he sits down in a heap like he's hurt. So, you know what? I understand there's no way to enforce it. There's no way to throw a flag on it. If a guy says he's hurt, you have to trust that he's not lying, and you have to get him checked out. But at least be man enough to admit, yep, we told him to sit down. So that have some the dignity and grow some balls. That's what you should say. <laughs> anyway. Uh, all right, man. Well, I'll let you go. Oh, you got something else? Well, you know, follow me on Twitter. What's up? I'm Parker Gailey. If you're yep. a Georgia fan... And let me tell you this. This is a Georgia fans episode right here. So if they don't it listen is. to this shit. I'm it just is. saying. And you can let me go ahead and just shout out our our podcast Twitter real quick. Let me make sure I'm saying the at right because I don't want to mess it up. If you don't yet and you are on Twitter, follow us at at perennial underscore pod. At perennial underscore pod on Twitter. Follow us there. Come hang out. I'm always arguing with Clemson fans and other people. So <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you next week. See you, Parker. See you, bud.